Yossing World's Road to the Cup coverage is in association with Southern Spas and Future Fibers. Hello and welcome to the second in our podcast series. I'm Mark Chisel and I'm here with Ben Ainsley, four-time Olympic champion, America's Cup winner and team principal and skipper of Ineos Team UK, the British challenger for the 36th America's Cup. We're going to talk a little more about the AC75, the boat that will be used in the next cup match in Auckland in 2021. And hopefully on the way, we can explain some of the technical and design challenges facing teams that are building these boats. So let's get straight into it, Ben. One of the most spectacular things about recent America's Cups has been the introduction of hydrofoiling or foiling, flying the boats above the water. So the hydrofoils seem like the right topic to do next. Can you explain a little bit about how foiling works? Well, uh, the hydrofoils on the cup boat sort of work exactly as, as on an aircraft wing in that you have the asymmetric flow around the wing or foil which creates a pressure difference and, and that then generates a force that's trying to re- equalise the difference and the force lifts the plane or boat off the ground and, and out of the water in our sense. Okay, so that's foiling. It really is no different to, to aircraft. In the last cup in 2017 in Bermuda, the crew controlled the amount of lift by changing the rake or the angle of the attack of the whole foil to the water, as you mentioned in the last podcast. Now that's very different uh, to the way that it's done on aeroplane. In comparison, flight control systems aboard aircraft, uh, they do it in a much more sophisticated fashion. Now, this was largely a legacy of the way that foiling began in the 34th America's Cup with a Team New Zealand innovation that got the boats to fly, despite a rule that was actually intended to keep them in the water. Now this time around, the AC-75 has fully embraced the idea of foiling fly and the T-foils will be allowed mechanisms much more familiar to aircraft engineers, actually flaps that will change the shape of the foil and so control the amount of lift generated. So can, can you explain a little bit about how you will use these to fly the boat this time? Yeah, well I mean as you sort of explained with the, the T-foil flap, we will have direct control of the flap on the trailing edge of the foil and then so by moving the flap up or down, moving the flap down will create more lift, more drag, uh, but the lift then, you know, is, is good for creating takeoff. And moving the flap up to come more in line with the rest of the foil will reduce the lift and drag, which is then good for, for higher speed, so it's finding that trade-off really. Right. We talked about this before again, the, the, the second key change from the 35th America's Cup is that we're back to racing monohulls and they have a lot less stability at rest and slow speeds when the foils are not supplying any writing moment. So this, a lot of people are saying, is going to have some, some pretty serious consequences for all aspects of, of how we sail the boats. Can you talk us through a little bit of that, please? Well, you're right. It's going to be a fascinating challenge because these boats, the issue with the monohull, as you said, over the multi-hull, it has very little writing moment at low speeds. It's toast is really reliant, you know, it's got some form stability from the hull, but after that it's reliant on the foil, well, the lift from the, from the wings and the foil arm to give the boat the writing moment. And it's be totally, well, I have a certain, we have a certain, we think, we hope we've got a certain idea of how this is going to play out and what sort of speeds we need to create, create writing moment and ultimately to, to lift off, uh, take off. Um, but, you know, without a lead keel, you're, um, you, uh, you've got to be very, very careful about how, how you power up the boat, how you create the speed, what angles you sail to create the speed, 
and that will take a lot of technique that gets developed uh, you know, as, as we sell these boats. We've seen that on our test boat, the boat T5, um, having exactly the right uh, build angles, well, true wind angles to build speed and then as that apparent wind changes, obviously altering course and then the lift that comes on uh, to the T-foil and the foil arm through, through creating speed. And, and the writing moment. So it's a really interesting process and, and very technique driven and I think for all other teams that will be a big part of the challenge with this new class of boat. Right and the ways we can explore that, um, it, you, as you talked about the test boat T5, but this is also really important work in the simulator isn't it? This is really the only place we've got to try and figure out those techniques in advance of going sailing for the first time because let's face it we don't want to try and sail these boats for the first time uh, with no clue about how this is going to play out. <laughs> well we, try, we tried that to a certain extent with T5, the test boat, and, um, and had quite a lot of wipeouts which were a lot of fun in a, in a little sort of uh, little, little two-man test boat but uh, in a 75 footer with 11 crew we don't want to be capsizing unless we uh, well, we want to avoid it at all times, if possible. So, yes, the simulator has been really critical to developing uh, those techniques, um, you know, both for the designers and for the sailors. And, uh, you know, what area, what sort of um, forces do we need to get the boat flying in the first place? Um, how do we, what techniques do we employ? What settings do we employ? And as you say, we then incorporate that into our um, test program and flight program for, for getting RB1, as we call it, the, the first 75-footer out in the water and, and sailing and foiling. All right, and I think one of the other aspects here is that the spin-off into control systems because as the boat goes from very low writing moment to a high writing moment as the foils kick in and bite, um, you're going to go from, it's almost like sailing a tippy-dingy to sailing a, a big powered-up maxi boat with a, with a canton keel. And that's going to require some pretty swift changes to sail trim. Um, so that's another problem for everyone to tackle. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen again, through simulation and through the test boat, that you, you start off, you're very ginger, gingerly trimming in the sails, uh, trying to get the right heel on the boat to create, create speed. Um, and then as the writing moment kicked in, uh, you've got the power, you trim on, you lift up out of the water and then you're up to speed and, and, and the boat is more locked in. So in that sense, it will be quite a neat challenge for, for the sailors out in the water. You know, very, very similar to, you know, your high performance dinghies that you see out there, be that, uh, you know, foiling boats like a moth um, or, or a foiling scow, something like that. And so our, our sailors, I think, are very well prepared for that, equipped for that, you know, guys like uh, Ian Jensen, who's a uh, uh, you know, former uh, 49er, world Olympic champion, um, top moth sailor, obviously did a fantastic job with Artemis in the last America's Cup. Um, so that relationship for, for, for Goobs, uh, he'll be trimming the mainsail, myself steering the boat, uh, we've got Joey Newton, Nick Hutton, who'll be trimming the, the, the headsail and the, and the Co Zero sails. Uh, so that interaction, along with how do we how we trim the foils and get the boat flying, um, it's going to be absolutely critical uh, that 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 team that loop are, are working well together and on the same page and develop the right techniques. And uh, you know, I'm confident we've got a great team to do that. Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's obvious, but it's worth pointing out it's going to be a lot harder to coordinate 
all those transitions on an 11-man crew on a 75-foot boat compared to a two-man T5 test boat? Yeah, it will be, absolutely. It's going to take a lot of good coordination, communication. You know, obviously time on the water will be critical, as will time in, in, the, in the simulator, uh, so that we, uh, we get as much time together as a group, um, really understanding how, how we get maximum performance from these boats. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Ben. That's great. And we'll be looking at those challenges in a lot more detail in the upcoming podcast. Great. Thanks, Cheers.